This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. Pat Calamari here, Pat Soundbites Unplugged, episode number 18 for December the 9th, 2019. Really excited to have the opportunity to talk to the guy who's on top of the world in the blues genre. When you talk to blues artists, and I have done that for the last two or three weeks, the one name you hear all the time is Mike Zito. And I've been looking forward to this chat. I mean, Mike, three albums in a row, his last three albums, all debut number one on the Billboard Blues charts. I mean, does that, what's that tell you? I mean, the man is incredible talent, singer, songwriter, uh, a phenomenal guitar player. And that's just part of it. And his and his music is, 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 is well-written, great hooks, all from the heart, all dealing with his life, his album, his 15th album, First Class Life, you know, just all about his getting into his sobriety, a second chance at a first class life. Man, what a great line that is. And now he just came out in November of this year with a tribute to Chuck Berry. Now, Mike's from St. Louis and Chuck Berry, St. Louis native as well. And uh, this is called uh, Mike Zito and Friends Rock and Roll, a tribute to Chuck Berry's music. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's the king right there. I mean, you got Elvis, but Chuck Berry, rock and roll. Johnny Be Good, I mean the the guitar work, the songs, and I I get it when you're a native of St. Louis, and you're a rock guy and you love the blues. Well, you start doing covers of Chuck Berry when you're in some of the local gigs, and um, a great great tribute for uh, for Chuck Berry and Chuck's grandson is even a guitar player and watching grandpa's videos and trying to learn as much as he can and he's featured on a track on his phenomenal album which is 20 tracks that mike specifically picked out and then called his friends and nobody turned them down now you know chuck berry's got a catalog of music and mike would have wrote three box sets if he put everything in there, but he selected just a, 20 of them for the time being. And then he based it off blues artists that are out there and their guitar playing and how they would be a perfect fit for certain tracks. And he'll, he'll speak about that in the interview. And we're talking Eric Gales, Walter Trout, Robin Ford, Joe Bonamessa, even Ali Venable, Albert Castilla, and speaking to those guys, now that's that's the Mike Zito, the musician. Then there's Mike Zito, the record producer, and Samantha Fish, Jeremiah Johnson, Tom, or Tony Campanella. I mean, you got to have a lot of talent to be able to be an incredible 
producer, you know, and I ask him, you know, how hard it is to shut your creativity down and be focused on what the artist wants. He not only now he's got his own studio on his property and now he's got his own label, Golf Coast Records. So he's he's got it all going on. He's a busy guy. He's either writing his own stuff, he's touring, and the phone's nonstop ringing because people want him to be the producer. He is that good. Well, he's coming up here in Daryl's house this Thursday night, and it's very close to be a sellout, and I expect it. It will be. The reviews of a Mike Zito live show are insane. Just the man can play. And um, all I keep hearing about is his slight guitar work and how you see the emotions come out in his guitar playing. Very impressive and uh, incredible. And he plays from his heart and soul. And it comes out in his performances. So I am so looking forward to this. If you like what I do, please again listen, share, and tell your friends about Pat's Soundbites Unplug. Sit back and don't forget, live, love, and laugh a lot because life is just way too short. Without further ado, here is Mr. Mike Zito from his van uh, while he was uh, on the road going to his gig tonight in Maryland. Enjoy. WBXO Classic Rock Redefined in conjunction with Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. An honor to have an acclaimed blue rocker, singer, songwriter, incredible guitarist, a rock producer. He was the 2018 BMA winner of the Rock Blues Artist of the Year. And if you talk to anybody today in the music business industry, the one name that everybody's talking about is the amazing Mike Zito, and I'm glad to have Mike on the phone. What's going on, Mike? I'm doing well. How are you doing today, Peter? Ah, man, dude, I am so excited to uh, finally get a chance to uh, chat with you. Mike is uh, coming up here at Daryl's house this this Thursday night with Anthony Jirasi. All the reserve tables are sold out, no surprise. Limited general admission tickets are available. Go to the website at darylshouseclub.com or call 845-289-0185. I got to tell you, Mike, it is amazing. I've been interviewing a lot of uh, blues artists lately from Allie Venable to meeting Albert Castilla. And my, all I hear is, Mike, Mike, Mike. I, I was at Davina and the Vagabonds the other day. Davina says to say hello. And uh, a gentleman uh, that we were talking with in a group, when your name popped up on the screen at Daryl's, that you were coming uh, to perform, everybody's like all excited. So I know this show is going to sell out, which is really, really cool. And excited to, to meet you and see your show live. Let me just start off. Wow. Let me just start off, Mike, you know, who inspired you to pick up the guitar and how did you know that music would be your calling? Well, no one no one played guitar or music in my family, but I did hear the guitar for the first time when I heard I heard Van Halen in nineteen seventy eight. Andy Van Halen and I was just eight years old and I heard that guitar play and I didn't know what it was. Someone had to explain to me that it was a guitar. <laughs> and uh, once they did, then I went home and said, well, I've got to have 
guitar. Like, I have to have one now. And uh, my parents got me one from the J.C. Penny catalog. So I was lucky enough to, to get my hands on one, but I didn't know what I was doing with it for a long time. So I just, you know, beat on it and beat on it. And uh, But then I got into guitar music more and more into um, Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin and uh, Johnny Winter and Steve Ray Vaughan and, uh, you know, on down the line. And as I got, it kept getting older and more into it, I got more into, uh, you know, more of the blues and more of the older, uh, you know, like the originators. But uh, early on, certainly, uh, Jimmy Page, Eddie Van Halen, Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix. That really still inspired me. Yeah, I mean, and there's a list of people are still trying to figure out what Eddie Van Halen is doing on a guitar. It, <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. I always ask all these amazing guitarists like yourself, and I've been blessed to hang out with Eric Johnson and Joe Satriani and Billy Gibbons, to name a few. How would you describe your tone, Mike, when you're playing? <laughs> the, the, the tone, you said? Yes. Well, um, in my head, you know, I mean, there's a couple of different lead tones. Um, to me, it's always very um, kind of singy. I don't know if that's a an adjective or not, but, you know, like kind of a warm singing sound. Um, you know, not a, a not so uh, distorted. Gotcha. More of a, a cleaner singing sound is what I hear in my head, but I want it to have a lot of sustain and, and uh, you know I don't I don't use a ton of effects or anything, but I do you know use a few things uh, depending on the song. But, but overall, the the sound I want is to be uh, kind of warm and rich, you know. Yeah, no, it, it definitely comes out. I, and everybody, all the reviews of your live shows. Um, just a uh, just a, a very impressive one of the best guitarists out there, and uh, your emotions of your heart and soul come come out in your guitar playing. So I'm looking forward to that Thursday night. I noticed at your first rodeo, and you've released well now 16th album, if I got that right, with your uh, tribute to Chuck Berry. Before I get to that, I want to touch upon your uh, well one of my favorites let me just say is make blues not war which debuted at number one and had tom hambridge um as a producer and, I, and i'll get to the producing part and then after that may 11 2018 you released your 15th first class life uh, again another one debuted uh, billboards on the top chart number one um the title track um, Mike, this is uh, this is your second chance. This is uh, the recovery after your addiction to sobriety. You when you when I play the tracks and look at the songs, "Time for a Change," um, "Dying Day," you know, trying to make a living. This is like all right, clean slate, and now I'm getting my act together, and this is the real deal. Am I correct with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, first class life is a is based on, you know, an old adage from recovery that says, you know, you get the second chance at a first-class life, and I certainly have gotten that. And, um, you know, I, I can't help but be grateful, so uh, it always kind of comes through the music. Um, every 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 couple albums or so, um, I've got something new in, in my sobriety to write about. So, uh, you know, that was a first-class life was kind of a blues, blues rock album. 
with quite a few songs on there. Yeah, you know, kind of telling my story yet again because uh, that's what I do. Now, it's a great album, and I've been playing many of the tracks, and I and I realize the importance of that record. Mike, let me ask you about your your amazing songwriting. Um, I love First Class Life. I love Mama Don't Like No Wah Wah. What is your creative songwriting process? How does that work? Do you write a lyric first, or do you do guitar riff, piano, write down the phrases? How does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, really, any of the above. Um, I wish I could... Uh, generally, the the one thing that the one thing in common with most of the songs I've written is that I need some quiet time away from everyone, and usually uh, in the morning, early uh, uh, is when I generally do my best with writing because I'm I'm not really involved in the day yet. Uh, you know, I'm not worried about well, I got to go get this done or I gotta I gotta go run to this store. I'm just kind of still fresh. Uh, but but I'll tell you I'll take anything. Uh, sometimes it is uh, I have a an idea like for a title uh, like first class life. I, I knew I was going to use that, um, but I didn't know how the song would go, and um, so I had that written down as something I wanted to work on, and that was a song where I got up in the morning, I picked the guitar up, I started playing guitar, I started singing it, and uh, you know, 15 minutes later I had the song written. Sometimes I'm not that fortunate. I have a, an idea, maybe a guitar riff or a, a line, but it needs time to develop. You know, I need to think about it. And uh, so it's usually a process. And, and I write songs. I usually write songs when it's time when I'm going to make a record. When I start thinking about a record, that's when I start writing more songs. And I might write songs for a year or a year and a half and kind of make a list. You know, and then I just kind of keep going back to the list and trying to see uh, where, what's coming about. You know, where's this album going? What am I writing about? Uh, you know, it uh, shows everything, you know, from the way I pick the words for the song, the way that I pick the songs for the album. Kind of where am I, where am I coming from right now? You know, what's this about? Uh, what story am I trying to tell here? So I try to, to be open. I try not to, I'm not writing songs for money. Uh, I don't, you know, I do write songs with people when they're looking for songs, but I don't ever think I sit down and try to write catchy songs that I think uh, would make money or would be successful. I try to write from the heart about what I'm thinking about or what I'm going through or, uh, you know, uh, where I'm at right now. And so that, it takes time, you know. Uh, so I, I take any way I can get a song, I'll take it. Well, don't change that process, my man, because you are <laughs> you are on a roll. November first on Roof Records, you released Mike Zito and Friends Rock and Roll, a tribute to Chuck. Barry, the great Chuck Barry, I should say. The artwork is amazing from the front, the inside, the back. I mean, I took it as oh, a celebration. Yeah. I took it as a celebration of his music. I mean, his, his songs are timeless, and uh, you know his amazing guitar play playing. And I'm sure that's you know as I'm not a musician, but 
seeing enough of you and listening to your music as a guitar player, I mean, it's, you know, he's got, a, he is the best of the best, what anybody would say. And the album features 20 tracks, a lot of special guests, and Joe Bonamassa, Walter Trout, Eric Gales. I mean, it's a killer, killer album. First, let me ask, where did the idea come from? And second, I guess, um, the songs, a selection of the songs first before you hit the guys was it like um trying to match their playing and the personalities with the songs mike yeah you know the idea for the album overall i've, I've had for for a while for some years i mean growing i grew up in st louis uh, i uh, you know i grew up at a time where i mean you know chuck berry was doing hail hail rock and roll when i was in high school it was a big deal i worked at a music store in the city he came in the store Wow. I did some shows I got to open up for him. But also just the fabric of the city is based around, you know, the same way in Austin, Texas, there were, you know, 100 guys playing like Steve Ray Vaughn. Everybody in St. Louis played like Chuck Berry. I mean, you had to know how to play that, those songs, that style, just to do the regular gigs around town when I was coming up. So it was really ingrained in me that I, and I knew I wanted to, to do this at some point, not only as a tribute to him, but a tribute to my my life growing up in St. Louis, you know? So, um, in fact, you mentioned the, the artwork. I appreciate that. That is painted, all painted by uh, an artist in St. Louis. Wow. That, uh, so he's a fabulous artist. Um, you know, as far as the songs and the artists go, it was, um, one, you know, I got a lot of people that ask, well, how come you didn't do Carol? How come you didn't do Tulane? How come you didn't do? Uh, uh, you could have wrote a whole. You could have five. You have a box set if that was the case. Right. The biggest reason is, I mean, the majority of his hit songs start with the classic Johnny Be Good intro. That's his. That's his intro, and uh, that's on a lot of songs. And if I did all of those songs, you'd have twenty songs that start. And that doesn't make a good record. So, you know, I went and made sure I was trying to find other songs that have different feels and different themes and different, you know, to just mix it up so that there was a good variety of different songs. And then uh, I started to call my friends and, and uh, you know, ask them if they play on the record. You know, Joe Bonamata or Rich Fortis from Guns N' Roses, or Walter Trout. And, you know, I, I'd reach out to them and said, you know, will you do this, be on this record? And they'd say, yeah, yeah, we, you know, just send me a song, I'll do it. That's when I went back to the song list, and I really personally started to go, okay, who do I want to play what? Because ultimately, these people are doing me a favor. I mean, you know, they're they're all busy. They're They're... They're on tour. They're making their own records. So for them to agree to play on a record with me, and a lot of them, you know, wouldn't even take any money. I, I want to accommodate them and make it easy. So, um, you know, I took the band in the studio, and uh, and I recorded all the songs in January with my band, and then we sent all those tracks out. So I had to have that. I had to have it decided of who would play what before we recorded the songs. And uh, basically, I'd just go back and, and go, hey, Walter, you know, Walter Trout, you know, I want you to play on Johnny Be Good. And he said, well, I'd love to. That's great. You know, and, and I told uh, Robin Ford, I said, look, I got two songs 
you know, maybe you, you know, could you pick one of these that you'd like? I'd really like it if you did. Um, you never can tell. And then he'd come back and said, oh, well, that's perfect. I'll do that. I had it in my head. What I, you know, I'm fans of these guys. I'm a fan of Sonny Landry. I'm a fan of, of, of Luther Dickens and Anders Osborne. So I, I knew what I wanted them to do. I knew what suited them. And um, I offered them the songs, and, and everyone agreed. They said, that's a great song. I'll do it. So that's how we did it. So I had to record the songs for them, uh, you know, with them in mind when we recorded it. Like, uh, you know, to leave a lot of space so Joe Bonamazza could play a, a hellacious guitar solo. And, uh, and he does. You know, <laughs> and he does, yeah. So that's how we went about, that's the producer in me. You know, that's how we went about recording it, making sure we were really setting them up. So when we sent them the tracks, they were very comfortable. They could play on it. And I had to leave a big window of time, about five months, you know, so that these guys all had time to go in the studio and record. And then when they'd send it back, I'd have to go back in the studio and do my part again and sing again to match their their performance, their intensity, their dynamics. So it sounded like we were together. So the process took a good nine months. To make this record. And it, it, um, it's incredible. And it's great to see Chuck Berry third, which is Chuck's grandson, if I if I got that right, to continue his grandfather's legacy. And I guess you, obviously you had to get permission from the family, right? That, and, and I'm sure they blessed it with no problem. Well, you know, all of his songs are, you know, they're available. You can record them, but you know, again, I, I know his son, Charles, and I, and I was getting to know the grandson, Charlie Berry III, and he was really into guitar playing. I've been watching him for the past couple of years. He, he's, you know, online on Instagram playing guitar, and he's really working on learning his grandfather's guitar playing, and uh, it was very inspiring. So I thought, well, we can't do this record without him. And uh, I just sent uh, the son, you know, a message and said, look, I'm going to do this record. And I, I hope you don't, you know, know that I'm doing it with the best of intentions. And I want to ask your son, uh, to, you know, and he gave me his blessing. And so then I asked the son, and the son said yes. And, uh, you know, uh, we did it uh, for nothing but love, you know, for love of the music, for love of Chuck Berry, for St. Louis. That's why the album cover has St. Louis and the Arch and the River, uh, Mississippi River, you know, it's a whole thing. What I can tell you in return that I received, it's personal, is I received a video of, uh, of Chuck's wife and the Berry family at Thanksgiving, and they were listening to the record, and she was dancing in her seat at 92. Wow. Saying how good she thought it sounded, and uh, it really moved me. Wow, that is totally priceless. That's that you can't top man. that, man. I mean, that's goose. That's goosebump material, man. That is great. It is. My goodness. Well, you again. You hit it out of the park. Now I'm gonna switch gears. You talked about uh, record producing and uh, the list of albums you have produced. Mike keeps growing by the day. I mean, the amazing Samantha Fisher, Maya Johnson, Tony Campanella, Ali Venable, Albert, uh, Billy Price, and so many more. 
And I asked Albert the other day, I got to meet Albert and Eric Gales. They were just up here two weeks ago. I said, uh, I mean, Masterpiece is just an incredible album. That whole experience of meeting his daughter and grandchildren. I mean, it's, I mean, a, a life-changing experience. And I said, but listening to Albert from, uh, I want to say, uh, his album before that, Up All Night, I, I said, what did Mike bring to the table for you? I, I got a lot more better vocals I thought with Masterpiece and he says man you hit it he says Mike is just an incredible amazing he brings the best out of you he says the studio everything was just he goes I can't wait to get back and the same thing with Ali she just those guys could not highly endorse you enough well, I mean he was like everybody well, I mean, they're, they're all very talented and I appreciate I mean they're you know uh, they're <laughs> they're exceptional, uh, both of them. And Albert is uh, is you know astounding. Um, but I think you know um, I know where they come from. They come from the guitar world, and singing sometimes is a secondary thing behind the guitar. And uh, you know, making a good record, you know, the vocals are more important than anything. Right. Because more people are going to hear your guitar playing if you sing good. Uh, you know, if you got good songs and you sing good, you got a chance to get played in front of a lot more people. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I think Albert's made, we made some great records. I think Masterpiece is really special. I think his voice is astounding and the stories and the songs are, are incredible. You know, I think he really stepped out on that. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to get to do this. I'm proud to do it. And, um, you know, to me, I do everything I love to do that I dream to do, and I'm making records. I've got a record label. I'm, we're we're doing shows. We're out playing. You know, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be with Anthony Gracci in the band, and Jimmy Carpenter will be with us uh, coming up at Daryl's house. So uh, life is good. I'm blessed. I got a great family, and uh, it's fun. Good, good for you, Mike. We're real. I'm really happy yeah. for you, Dad. Mike said they're coming up to Daryl's house this Thursday. Limited tickets. Go get them today. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm killing you with time here, and you're driving to the next. Uh, and I got so many questions here. You know, as a as a top notch musician, Mike, how hard is it to focus on what the artist brings to the table and not let your personal influences take over on a project as a producer? Is that difficult for you? Are you able to? make it easy to switch gears and go what do you got Allie let's think about this let's let's you know and make sure that you're following their path yeah I mean everybody is is different you know everybody has uh, their talent that they bring to the table and um, you know producing a record and working with an artist is uh, I'm a father of five and I, I attribute my experience of raising kids to being somewhat patient to making records with these people because you can't uh, you can't get in there and fight and argue that that's not going to be a good record. You gotta you gotta um, lift their spirits and lift them up. You gotta realize that uh, I gotta realize that I'm not always right. I gotta realize that this is not my record. This is their record, and you know um, I gotta pick my battles. And so uh, sometimes when things are could go one way or the other, and I can tell they really want it this way and we can't really compromise, then I go, well, look, that's fine, we'll do that. 
But if it gets to something where it's like, yeah, I can't, we can't do that. You know, that's not good. You got, we can do better. Um, you know, I'll let them know. I, I generally don't lose my cool. I'm pretty patient. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> calm. Um, I try not to, uh, you know, uh, I'll be honest, you know, uh, younger people, I, I, you know, I have a harder time with because I'm getting older. <laughs> you know, Allie will tell you, she, she's got some funny stories, you know, that we made a great record, but uh, I, I think we were going to go get ice cream one night and we were just like, let's wrap it up and we're going to all go get ice cream. And she just kind of kept, well, I don't know, maybe about some song. Well, maybe. I, I said, well, well, let's just let it sit. We'll come back tomorrow. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I like that, maybe. And finally, I said, look, do you want ice cream or not? <laughs> <laughs> just say yes, and let's turn it off and go get ice cream already. And we'll talk about it tomorrow, like, enough. And she got this look on her face, like, you know, like uh, I was probably louder than that. Uh, it's it was a, kind of funny going back because it was really like, can't we just go get ice cream? <laughs> it's a great story, and Texas Honey is is a great, great album. And oh, as you yeah. mentioned, you know, you got. I'm sure the skill sets. I mean, I, I don't think anybody could be a record producer. You got to be a great listener. You got to be an established, I would guess, project manager. As you said, you got five kids, so you don't want to be the referee. <laughs> but you know, you you know, there are skill sets needed to to get it out right. You mentioned your own recording studio, your own label. Um, can you just share with me the uh, the thought on, on going that way? I mean, I know you got a great relationship with uh, Roof Records, and I know things, hey, it's a business. Um, does that affect any of your relationship with them when you came out with your, you know, Marts and uh, Golf, Course, Golf Coast Records? No, no. I mean, I, I went to Roof and let them know. You know, up front, what I was considering doing, and he gave me his blessing. You know, we're we're a new label that uh, really was going to be focused on working with newer artists and helping get uh, new music out, help new artists. And then, you know, Albert's record fell in my lap, and Billy Pride. The next thing you know, it really kind of jumped up. So we're doing a lot more than we we planned. It's very exciting. Um, but you know, we're still a new label. Um, we're learning, we're working on it, but, uh, so I, you know, I'm on route and then I work with Gulf Coast with the other artists. It's kind of a good thing that way. It kind of keeps things separate and, uh, but it's very exciting to have like Billy Price and Albert Castilla and Jimmy Carpenter and, you know, it's great artists that we're working with. And, um, you know, the idea behind all that was just that we built a re recording studio to, to make records. And then, uh, you know, I got a partner and said, well, you know, why don't we try to help? We could make more records. Why don't we try to help some people get their music out there? And it, it turned into this label. And, um, yeah, it's it's never a dull moment. There's not a lot of downtime. I was going to say, man, I don't know how you do it between your family and running around and your own music and touring and then the phone constantly ringing but you know what when the phone don't ring then things can get a little hairy so good for you really uh, right. and as I said to everybody a lot of artists I'm so excited to see so many young rising stars like the Alley Venables of the world there's so many good talented kids out there and they're coming I, I, I call her a kid but 
you know, she just toured Europe. I mean, she's uh, playing yeah, in yeah. New York City. She, uh, she, you know, she is focused and she's doing a, a, a terrific job. So I'm excited for the the uh, genre to continue, and um, I'm sure you're you're excited to see that as well. Um, let me just wrap up, Mike. What kind of set list and uh, show can the fans expect? I mean, you got your 16th album. You're an incredible uh, musician in your own right. Um, I'm sure I know you're going to rock the roof off of Daryl's house. Um, everybody's pretty much said that. So uh, no pressure, no pressure at all. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have a great show. You know, we do we do a good handful of the Chuck Berry songs, of course. We do some stuff off First Class Life, Make Blues Not War, some of the older tunes. Um, you know, with Anthony Garacci with us, uh, he'll be uh, rocking the piano, and we have Jimmy Carpenter as a guest that night as well on sax. Um, you know, he'll he'll we'll let him sing a couple songs. Anthony opens the show, but when I hit the stage, I mean, you know, we're rocking. It's it's a rock and roll blues tour, so. Uh, pretty high energy from beginning to end i'll tell you excellent well all the reserve tables sold out quite quickly there's limited general admission tickets available so i encourage all the listeners to go there mike you've been very generous of your time and i hope you enjoyed the chat as much as i have certainly did i certainly I, I got to share with you, so I share and I share with everybody, since I have the flexibility to create my own playlist, I wanted to come up with an idea that I could do to promote even more. So I came up with a dice game, five of a kind. If you roll five dice in, in total, five of a kind totaling in three rolls, I play your entire new album on my radio okay. show. So I hope you're interested that we can roll the dice on uh, Thursday night as well. Let's do it. I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I've had one winner in a year and a half. Albert did it the other day, and uh, he didn't get it, but I, I still do at least a double or a triple set of anybody that I'm promoting. So it'll be a lot of fun. It only takes about a minute or so. So hopefully I get to get you before the uh, show starts, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that. I sure appreciate all the support. Thank you very much. Mike Zito here at WBXO, Classic Rock Redefined, and Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Check out Mike's website. He's on all the socials. Get this album, Mike Zito and Friends, a rock and roll, a tribute to Chuck Berry. Check out all his great albums. The man is a busy man, but he is on top of the charts right now, and it's going to be a wonderful show on Thursday night. Mike, safe travels, and we'll see you Thursday, my man. All right, take care. I appreciate it. Okay, Mike. Thank you again.